0: Specky. Is it Specky or Spikey?
1: Yeah, Specky.
0: Yeah, sorry. <laughs> uh, for everyone listening, welcome and hello to the beautiful Mind Game podcast. It's myself, Hams. we're back again. And I'm trying to learn Latvian for our very special guest today because we have a very special guest all the way from Latvia, who's coming from us in Estonia so we're going to introduce our special guest in a moment or if you've already clicked onto the podcast you already know who we're talking to which is great but hope everyone is having a very good week hope everyone is learning a lot from our podcast this week as well and if there is anything you'd like to hear us talk about next time do let us know on the the conversations below as well which will be good I'm going to introduce Millie our co-host so if this is the first time for anyone listening uh, Millie how are you doing today and how's everything going for you this week?
2: I'm very good, Hans. Thank you. Everything's fine as usual back on the on the podcast with, like you said, another amazing, amazing guest. I'm really looking forward to this one. I don't want to give it away. I'm going to stop there.
0: <laughs> no, I'm very good. No, I'm really glad to hear as well. And I'm really happy that we've got another guest on the podcast who we've both been looking forward to all week long. So it's just the fact that we have someone who... Once again, we won't be able to do her justice for her introduction, but we know from seeing her actually compete in on the global stage, we know she's an elite an elite athlete. She is at the top of her game. She's got so much to kind of give going forward. And I'm really looking forward to introducing um our special guest. So, Laura, thank you very much for joining the podcast. Can you introduce yourself, how you would say your name normally? Because I don't want to ruin your surname, okay. if that's okay. <laughs>
1: Hi everyone, Uh, I'm Laura Ikaunica from Latvia, so I'm a happy athlete and yeah, (laughs) that's my
0: team. Okay, because Laura's been very humble right there, I have to read some of her honours out as well. So she was um, the world champions bronze bronze medalist, the European champions silver medalist, two time in the top eight in the Olympic Games. and She's been the world university games winner as well. And she's literally represented Latvia on the biggest stage of all at the as a heptathlete. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, yeah, correct.
0: Okay. So you're, you're we know we've got a very humble guest today, Millie. So it's just the fact that we have someone who is so competitive. We've seen you compete at the Olympic games as well, which is incredible. So um, we've got a very set list of questions for you today, Laura, because obviously you wanted to answer them beforehand and have a good think about it, which is very good. So, First of all, Laura, how are you today? Is everything going okay uh, this
1: week? Yeah, training as usual, end of week, a little bit tired, and one more training tomorrow to go, and then it's like weekend.
0: <laughs> Fantastic. I'm looking forward to seeing you back in action as well. And I just wanted to um, ask you, just for our listeners who don't know uh, much about your sport, what sports do you compete in as a as a heptathlete?
1: Uh you mean like I should describe about the heptathlon? Yes. Like, yeah. I went by, Okay. Uh, so basically, we have a two day competitions. And the first day starts with 100 meter hurdles, then it's high jump, short put, and 200 meter spin. And then the second day starts uh, with a long jump, javelin throw, and then with 800 meters.
0: And what is your best sport? What would you say is your best event?
1: Uh, I would say heptathlon. <laughs>
0: perfect you're, you're just great at like, all eight of the events
1: <laughs> i'm so like a medium level in, in everything so i think that best is uh just together <laughs>
0: you can't say you're medium level laura after being literally one of the top eight heptathletes in the world so you're not medium at all you're like elite level at every single one of them literally yeah uh,
1: but i didn't have a really really high uh have to say high yes. level one event like no, yes. I have had like good personal bests, but I haven't competed so much in individual events.
0: Oh, okay. No, that that makes yeah. sense. So you're very good at everything, but not yeah. exceptionally good at one thing. I understand. Yeah. yeah. Fantastic. No, thank you very much for clearing that up. And what I wanted to ask you first was, um, how does it feel to represent your country, Latvia, at the Olympic Games, at the European Games and all, all of these major events across the globe?
1: Uh, the first ball is really big responsibility, like uh, on your shoulders, <laughs> and uh, of course, a big honor, like uh, because not everyone gets there. Uh, so, I think those are the main uh, main uh, things responsibility and honor. Like, you have to you know you're in the top shape actually, there. So, you show your best, but, uh, yeah. It's much... tough,
0: <laughs> it's tough indeed. Um, and then over the conversation as well, after we ask these set questions, Milly, if you want to throw in a second question regarding it, just to make it easier for Laura, that would be absolutely fine as well. But you just said there, um, Laura, as well, that it's a great honor. And do you know that you're one of the top 10 represented athletes in the whole of Latvia currently? You know that, right? Don't you? One of the most. Pop- no. Yeah. No. It's crazy. Where did
1: to- you find out this? yeah
0: (laughs) it it may have been like a a fan listing i may have seen it it may not have been official but basically because there's you've got ice hockey you've got other athletes as well and then Mm -hmm. you were you were in there as well so i was like oh that's really cool which is quite fascinating really nice um but yeah on to the next question the next one that we kind of had for you was what's the most rewarding experience of competing in a heptathlon so you're doing all of these different (sighs) events and you're competing against some of the most intense athletes in the world. What's the most rewarding experience for you, Laura?
1: Um, I I would say uh, like a rewarding. Uh, probably it was the medal, like yes. uh, this uh, Beijing 2015 uh, bronze medal. Then like uh, that will be number one. Like, uh, but it would have been so long time ago, and the stress level have been so high that I basically never remember all my competitions. Like it's so crazy, but uh, yeah, I I usually never remember when I think back what I did. Or, um, but um, the second one, uh, European Championships medal, and then the third, I would put the Olympic fourth because uh, it was so close to the medal, and uh, it's also really. uh, That was really important, and uh, I was really happy actually about fourth place.
0: Fantastic, go on, Millie.
2: For me, I think just to say, Laura, it's amazing that you've done so much, and we have the opportunity to speak to you like this. It's amazing (laughs) that you know you're an Olympic athlete, like you've been to the Olympics. I don't know anyone who's been to the Olympics.
0: I've and only been really. as a fan.
2: I've
0: only <laughs> yeah. been as a spectator what? and
2: that's it. I've yeah. seen it on TV.
1: Every every four years we watch it to on be, TV. To be in Olympics was my childhood dream, actually. And my both parents uh, was also atle- athletes. And my mom made the Olympic team in the Soviet Union times. But then, yeah. then they switched. They switch her in a relay. There was four women, and then they switch her out because they wanted all Russian girls, not Latvian. So, but uh, basically, I'm the only one who made the Olympics from the family. But when I was a kid, I was like, that was my goal. <laughs> like, I will wow. be in the Olympics, and uh, that was. Uh, I told everyone, and you know.
2: Do you think that your parents inspired you more? Do you think they inspired you to be in the Olympics?
1: Um. It's fun fact that my mom, like, she's still having Latvian records and sprint disciplines, but she said to me, no, you will not train in track and field, go to dancing. And she sent me to dancing at first. I was dancing four years uh, sport dances, like uh, I don't know, samba, rumba and stuff like this. And then I I really want, I saw the mom's trophies and medals at home. And I was like, I want to beat her. (laughs) I want to beat her medals. Like I want to beat her records and stuff. And uh, then uh, I said, I want to train in track and field. And uh, then one competition, school competition, I won there. And then my first coach came and invited me to trainings. And uh, then I said to my mom and she said, okay, no, you do dancing and trainings one year and then you after one year will tell what you want and i was like this dancing was like i really didn't like it <laughs> i really want to do track and field and uh but yeah i chose the in end i i had the end for it and i chose track and field in the middle i was dancing even hip-hop dances and stuff like this but uh, it's good for coordination so <laughs> but uh yeah it's uh, it's the my mom didn't want that because she knew it's very injury, uh, how to say, you can get a lot of injuries and she also yeah. got that. So she wanted to protect me from this. So, yeah.
2: <laughs> which? Sorry, Hans, go on.
0: No, no, you no, go No, good.
2: I was going to say, which event did your mom compete in? Uh, she
1: was a sprinter, like 60, 100, 200, 400 meters. And a uh, father was 110 meter harder uh, runner. Wow. Yeah. the both were yeah. like printers and I'm, I'm totally different uh, animal here <laughs> have you beaten yeah. your mother's time? no oh. no no she was she's crazy crazy fast yeah. wow
0: not yet not yet maybe maybe <laughs> soon I
1: think no no, no. I'm, I'm not nah, thinking not close I'm not going to be close to those records I think <laughs>
0: No, that's okay. Um, But no, thank you very much for for answering that, Laura, as well. Uh, Next question from us as well. Um, We wanted to know how tough your your competition was. So you mentioned to me previously that you competed against some of the most amazing uh, heptathletes in the world. And it's not just recently, because obviously you started um, as a heptathlete all the way in your youth championships as well. So I wanted Mm -hmm. to ask you, who have been your top three competitors that you have faced um over your career laura
1: like all the time uh, katrina katrina johnson thompson is like we have been from childhood <laughs> competing um then uh, the german girls like they change actually uh, carolina schaffer like uh, she uh also for a long time i know her and Tiami, I know from two thousand sixteen, I think more. Um, but from the oldest, um, maybe Xenia Christian from Hungary. Like she, we are the same age, almost. So we are the oldest ones now.
0: <laughs> yeah, because so, we've yeah. had we've had athletes as well. They start really young as well, like you explained before, and then they have to continue the same training yeah. regime year in and year out. So. When you were training against some of these um, other athletes as well, did you learn anything from them? Did they learn anything from you? So, for example, uh, for us British people as well, watching Katrina Johnson Thompson, we're like, wow, she's Mm -hmm. amazing. What did you learn from her or what did she learn from you that you thought this is going to be very good to compete against her uh, Uh, in the
1: future? Usually we haven't uh, contacted so much, but the last... uh spring, this uh, meeting, what was in May, then we talked a little bit. And then uh, I think when we both uh, came back from the really bad injuries, then we understand each other so good, like in some ways that uh, we had like little talk. So yeah, we both have gone through like really hard, tough time. And I think we're still going a little bit like uh, to get back uh, in a top top level like i think i need a little bit more time but uh to reach some this nice nice level where to hold on uh, that's my goal for the next season
2: fantastic
0: do you,
1: sorry do you think that you help each
2: other do you think that you kind of like help each other you and Katrina johnson thompson and
1: uh no i don't know i'm like a, I'm just, i understand as a person like uh, what she's going through or uh, when when any athlete gets injury I understand about this process because I have like lost four years of my competitions because of injuries and surgeries so um, it's like really mentally hard but uh, in the competitions we push each other like that's that's how we help Uh, everyone is in the best shape and Everyone's is there to represent their country and do the best and show the best. And I think uh only things that happens is some little mistakes or injuries or some accidents or I don't know, tripping over the hurdle. That's the only thing what uh, can happen actually. But everyone's the best shape. So everyone's capable of everything there.
0: Have you ever tripped over a hurdle, Laura, in in an event?
1: Yes. Oh yeah. no! I had a very bad crash in 2017.
0: Mm. Yeah. That was awful to hear. Um, but now yeah. I just want to hear more about your experiences at the Olympics as well. So you've been to London 2012. I was probably in the stadium for one of your heats, I would imagine, and Rio 2016 as well. So, respectively, mm-hmm. you finished seventh. Um, top, uh, you finished number seven in London, and then yes. you made your way to number four in Rio de Janeiro. What yeah going main... i qualify
1: for tokyo also actually but i got the surgery yeah and then I,
0: couldn't. I didn't um, want to mention that because that was quite uh, that was quite sad as well it was heartbreak I was, I was really upsetting to see when i was doing the research yeah, as well it's, but it's sport it happens but mm. what were your favorite memories from each of those olympics like was it going to um, the, going to compete was it going to meet different people train with different people Go and represent your country. Mm. What were your favorite kind of moments from the Olympics? We'll start with London, like, then we'll go to Rio. If, yeah.
1: okay. if somebody would ask me which were my favorite Olympics, I would definitely say London because those were my first ones. I was uh, 20 years old, like really, really young, and I went there with no expectations, just like to have fun. Like, oh my God, the Olympics and then the village and everything was like pretty amazing so big experience. I was competing basically not so stressed because I I just was in the Europeans winning this uh, silver medal. And then end of season was London Olympics. And and I think this, what comes in my memory, the London Olympic Stadium was really beautiful. The lights, I really like the triangle lights. Um, And yeah, and I had a chance actually to go back there in 2017. I was really, really good shape, but I got injury and I, I like couldn't finish the more than hurdles. <laughs> and uh, yeah, but uh, the Rio, Rio was like more, I went there like with the, one goal, like with the aiming to the medals and uh, was really good shape. A lot of injuries though, I was really taped, but um yeah I really good remember I had the pre camp there 3 weeks I <laughs> can we were first the first the people there I think who were so early there um I wanted to adjust the time and the food and uh, everything yeah. so everything worked out really good and I uh, actually missed a couple of the points not so much points for the medal but um, this uh, Rio will like I think stay in my memory as a Uh, with the Rio and my my first coach uh, work uh, together ended Like uh, that's where we were way split it so that was like maybe a little bit like uh, hard to remember like yeah sad
0: yeah no I can understand because from what I'm looking at it from outside in um, to represent your country to be at the Olympic Games as an elite athlete obviously you want to be the best but looking back on it now Laura looking back in time you must feel ridiculously proud of yourself you must be so proud of yourself and how you've represented your country on the world stage as well in front of billions of people at least a billion people watching the olympics at the time um when you're looking back at it and you get to and you will get to uh, look back in it in the future as well what was the one thing that you thought you know what this is how i'm going to be better and better because you made yourself better from london obviously being a younger athlete and then getting into a better shape for Rio. um What was that four-year journey like from London to Rio? Because you had all of these different competitions. But as an athlete, um, we heard from Holly Mills recently as well, um, another heptathlete. She said that for top-level athletes, they always want to compete at the Olympic Games. So for you to do it twice, how did you feel going from 2012 to 2016?
1: Uh, The first thing... uh... Like, nothing much changed. Uh, I had the same coach, actually. And, uh, I, yeah. But the best result, uh, the highest score and Latin record I got after 2017. So, it's the when I changed the coach. And I got a new environment. And that was working really good. But wow. in, if I look back in 2012 and uh, till 16, I was just a teenager. And we didn't do much weightlifting. We were... We were more like playing games <laughs> I think we were like uh, have, having fun and uh, yeah uh, that was all about that like I was I didn't have any uh, serious uh, health issues maybe sometimes something but not so often but then uh, when I stepped like later after 2016 then the the high level sport started for me basically and then I start to get uh, bigger injuries.
0: Uh, okay. So the more you competed, the more you trained, the more you got injured.
1: Uh, I think, uh, like, I started track and field from nine years old. So it's 21 year under the trainings and pressure and joints and bones, everything. Like, every day you do trainings except, like, Sunday. <laughs> and uh, I think it's, like, from overusing, like... Uh, because like now I'm 30 years old and now I have to look really into what I'm doing. Like in, in this 2012, it doesn't matter. Like <laughs> something hurts. It, too. <laughs> like, it's okay, just it's run, going to go away. Yeah, just run it yeah. off, it's okay. Yeah, if now would something hurt, then it's like, uh, okay, we will look into it very closely. What is it? Why? And now it's a little bit different. Now you have to think uh, more about uh, how to keep healthy body
0: absolutely no thank you for explaining that in detail Laura Uh, Millie did you have anything to add on this topic
2: um I just wondered what are some ways that you keep healthy as like as we get older because I'm old as well in athlete (laughs) ages and Mm -hmm. as we get older you're right your body starts to become you need to concentrate more on what you eat when you sleep, how much you sleep. Are there mm-hmm. any things that you do specifically
1: that really help you? Uh, I wish I <laughs> know actually I'm living normal person life. Like uh but like uh one I don't use alcohol too much. Like I don't smoke cigarettes and uh it try to eat healthy but so, like it's not like that I only eat healthy. I, I uh I'm like normal person. Personally, yeah. I give myself uh, treats and uh, drink Coca Cola sometimes. So, um, I, I like. I think to visit the physiotherapist or to have it next to you it's really important. Like right now, I I have uh, this opportunity to have somebody next to me, like in the trainings, and it works really good because we can uh, how to say. Uh, control the things we can control uh, my old injury like there's like injuries what's like never gonna go away they will always be with you you just have to live them and you have to control them with your trainings so this uh, physiotherapist is like the middle person when coach says his plan like today we're gonna do this this this, this I'm like okay yeah I want to do and then there's the physiotherapist he's like no you have to do this 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 we take out <laughs> like we, he's looking more about my um health paper or like this um past of uh, the injuries so i think this is really impor- important to have a physiotherapist next to you mhm yeah
2: i i would agree as well i would agree along with the
1: food and the sleep and everything yes yes of course yeah. like sleep is very important yeah
0: so, in terms of um, yourself, Laura, being a professional athlete, and Millie also is a professional athlete. She's a professional footballer here in England as well. What's one thing that both of you need to ch- have on a cheat day? So, if you had a cheat day for eating, what would you both have, or what would you each have on a cheat day? Because for me, cheat day is every day, so I'm okay. I don't, I don't mind.
1: <laughs> I, um, I'm kind of the same actually when it's hard oh, trainings. Really? like when it's when it's like today's session i feel i need to reload my uh, energy so i eat whatever i want <laughs> but, what's your favorite uh, foods everything i actually really like steak and meat and sweets <laughs> pizza
0: everything um, everyone steak, loves pizza yeah.
1: <laughs> i like snacks and stuff but like uh, I only fa- uh, find this as, as a problem eating when I was injured and I couldn't move when I was on the crutches. Then you still same hungry, but you can't move. That's different. Then you have to control a little bit. And uh, but now when you do track and field and training's are so intense, so like some three thousand calories per day. Like I even I think I can't eat so much. Like if I don't drink some protein drink or something, so it's really hard to get this food inside. <laughs>
0: um Millie how about yourself what what do you eat on your cheat days on a cheat you... day yeah uh
2: I would say after a game I would have a pizza Ooh. every so often let's say <laughs> I do <laughs> like a good pizza
0: that's rewarding in a way which is very nice as well which is which is really really nice to see as well um Laura next question from us as well um one thing um that you can teach young athletes uh, moving forward so people who are listening to this podcast now um, mm. learning more from us and from yourself especially on this episode uh, what's the one thing you could teach young athletes go, uh, wanting to become sprinters or becoming uh, heptathletes what would be the one thing you would love to teach people um, listening
1: Um, to take event by event like to not look at the big picture Um, that one. That's the one thing. Um, I think the main key events are like if you high jump and javelin, like uh, those are the technical and should work more on those because I have seen so many good athletes, like so good athletes, but they can't throw javelin. So um, I think that's really important. To be to look more into those two high jump and javelin, like because everything else is trainable, doable, and uh, yeah. Uh, usually, little girls are writing me uh, about uh, how to not be scared uh, before eight hundred, or <laughs> like that kind of questions comes a lot from the young athletes, and I always say it's only two laps, like. And you have done the, all the work already in the training, so it's already just run two laps, and that's all. Like it's like the hard work is done. The competitions is actually the easy part. Everything else has had, have been done before in the training. Absolutely,
0: trainings. yeah. Because from what and you that, just told, also
1: that's also gives confidence actually when you know you have done everything, then you're ready. But of course, if you are lazy at least and you don't do something, then <laughs> then you know maybe then you're not so confident in competitions also
0: no I agree because we have been talking about this previously uh, Lee as well Millie and myself Laura so we were talking about how the more confident you are the more that you actually prepare and the more that you prepare in whatever you're doing in life let alone in sports or professional uh, environments as well the more relaxed you'll be when the main event actually happens for when the, the main thing you're training for or what you're working for actually happens. So it's so relatable to everyone uh, in all walks of life as well in terms of confidence because you can mistake confidence for arrogance, but for a lot of people as well, um, listening to this as well, they'll listen and they'll think, you know what? Um, you're actually doing so much to actually become a better athlete year in, year out from what we've just um listened to yourself there as well, Laura. And me, you would probably agree, I would imagine, as well. And that's probably helped you with your own football um experiences. Am I right? Yeah,
2: definitely. Yeah. It's um sorry, Laura. No, I was, just, <laughs> I was just gonna say it's like it's I think there's a phrase, but it's completely slipped my mind about preparation, prepare to succeed or succeed to prepare fail to prepare and prepare to fail something like that
0: fail to prepare prepare to fail yeah
2: yeah Yeah. so definitely you've got to trust yourself trust the work that you've done all the training that you've done and if you've worked at your highest level you can definitely you've just got to believe in yourself and believe it's all there for you to succeed afterwards
1: yeah i think also very important is your character like uh I'm, as a person, really competitive in everything, Mm -hmm. in the board board games or whatever we do in family. I'm like crazy This like, I want to win like community. So I think it's really good for sports. And uh, if you are competitive and you want to see the results or even in the training, it's like, I always want to do better and better. And uh, even if coach says, we're not going to measure, I'm like, I really want to measure. So like, yeah, I want to always run better time or jump better or like this but yeah that's something somebody usually is like <laughs> take it easy <laughs> yeah but
2: I, I have a question really good yeah i have a question just on that do you think it's do you think that with competitiveness do you think you're born with it or can you work on it to become more competitive
1: oh no i think i'm born with it i have been like that All the time, (laughs) like yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: I think competitiveness, from what I've learned as well, uh, from who we've spoken with as well, you can develop it to become even more competitive with your hunger and your desire as well. So, for example, with Laura and with yourself, Millie as well, your hunger and your desire fuel your competitiveness as well. When you have got something that you're passionate about in your heart and in your mind as well, that's where you know the competitive competitiveness will will come from which is really really good because a lot of people and I'm sure Laura and Millie you'll both agree when you're waking up in the morning you're probably really competitive to go out and do your best in training and doing better than you did last week and um, for a lot of people as well because they don't have that um, elite mindset or they don't have that sporting mindset as well they fall into a trap of being comfortable but for people who Mm -hmm. have a passion about something um, so Laura we'll take you for an example and then yourself Millie as well Mm -hmm. For example, when you were competing against uh Katrina Johnson Thompson from that picture that you showed me earlier, um back when in your youth days in 2009, what, can you remember how you were competitive um to get into that tournament, interface against the other competitors? Were you like looking at how they were training before, were you looking at how you can um become better going forward? How did you notice how you became more competitive from that moment to your next um tournament, I should say? sorry I spoke a lot if you want me to repeat I'll, I'll repeat
1: again <laughs> no I I barely remember this 2009 I remember it was in Innsbruck Austria. no Italy <laughs> Italy. Italy. Italy yeah and um uh I didn't know her before we I think we met her by first time <laughs> and uh is like the competitive feeling what I remember is like she were really running good 800 that's like the only thing that's in my mind now that I all like holding so back like so, so strong that I don't want to like I don't give up like I don't let her go like uh, that's this that you have this uh, grip <laughs> to hold and go with it with your feet holding and no matter what, how painful it is. And then it was like a silver medal. But like I like I said, I don't remember my competitions basically.
0: No, that's um, okay. Because obviously <laughs> with you as a competitor, you have to go from one to another to another all season. Yeah. long. As well. So, so always... we are
1: like cleaning your memory out. Like that's done. Next one. Like, Next one.
0: That's um, okay. And Millie, how about yourself as well in terms of competitiveness? So again, so, so for example, for you, from last season to this season, how has your competitiveness um, kind of grown from last season to this season?
2: I think it's an interesting one because I think, Laura, you said you're born with competitiveness. Now, I, think. <laughs> I, I mean, it shows because you're at the elite, elite, elite athlete level. You're at like the Olympic level. So that competitiveness... was was there from childhood. But I think for myself, personally, I've always been competitive, always. But I think that my competitiveness has increased the more I've become older. The older I get, the more competitive I've become. Because I've only been professional for a few years, maybe two or three years. Before that, I wasn't. I was still competitive. But I think that now it's my job to be competitive. So you've got to be that extra, um, you've got to be driven just that 10% more or whatever it is, you know, to try and reach and to try and sustain that level, but also get higher as well. I
1: think you like uh, when you get the first time really successful, then you're uh, tasting this Oh, like, I don't know, the big competitions, the adrenaline there, and it makes you, like, oh, I want more, like, you get, like, I want again, and it makes you, like, I think that can of way more competitive with every time, like, I think that's also possible.
2: Definitely, I agree with that completely, completely. When you have that taste, you want to get better, you want to yeah. do better, you want to score more goals, you want to, mm. Yeah it's good emotions yeah it's like addiction (laughs) it is honestly it
0: is i think you've just decided decided our title for this podcast laura competitiveness Mm. is an addiction so we can title this um from you as well which would be very good as well um few more questions before we wrap up the podcast i know you're still in recovery from your session this morning so thank you very much for your time today laura um some of them are quite fun questions and some of them are quite um serious ones as well my okay. one of my first fun questions is, who were the most famous people you met at both the Olympic villages? So when you were there representing Latvia, who was the most famous uh, mm-hmm. people that you met?
1: Mm. Oh, blah blah blah. in two thousand twelve, I would like to remember. Um. I, I would say, yeah, actually, Latvian Mariusz Stombergs, he got uh, a gold medal <laughs> in the Bemix, So, yeah, he was pretty famous. He is really famous in oh. Latvia. So, I did in the world also. And in uh, Rio, Novak Djokovic. Wow. That, I even have a picture. <laughs> okay,
0: oh, I'll, that's so cool. I'll that's take so cool. a
1: picture.
0: Ah, oh, so you got Novak Djokovic and then obviously going forward as well um what do you like to what would you like to achieve next laura so again you've got your season coming up with the indoor mm-hmm. uh, indoor events coming up what can yeah. we expect from you coming up um, over the next 12 months laura
1: okay that's 12 months like in the perfect way i would like to prepare really good for the winter season and compete in some indoor 11s to get my speed and competition feeling because in the this summer i couldn't run much in the trainings because I had this knee injury. <laughs> so, but I still did three half marathons, quite like not good actually, but quite okay. And uh, now I want to do better because I have I can run now, and I have put the uh, work in the practices, and still have to do a lot of work. And the main goal for indoor season would be to get to the European in Indoor Championships will be perfect if it's uh, if it's doable and i uh, think it's possible <laughs> and then uh, summer like uh, probably get this and then world championships
0: world championships and where's the world championships yes. going to be um this time around
1: in hungary oh wow in- hungary. yeah
0: that's gonna be good that's gonna be quite enjoyable is that gonna be and
1: the indoor season turkey yeah in istanbul
0: it should have been the other way around turkey in the sunshine would have been very fun as well yeah i'm not, I'm not sure if they have an outdoor stadium and an athletics one they probably do uh, but you would know yeah, more yeah, than yeah. i would um than i would laura as well um and then last question from me um i did say on on instagram that we would talk about this um what's your cat's name and how long have you had your cat for laura
1: i have two cats actually two one cats. is okay. Elliot, yeah Ellie is the oldest one, and Luna is the youngest troublemaker. Oh,
0: uh, yes.
1: They they have a Instagram account even, and sometimes I just make some fun videos with them and pictures. And uh, yeah, they are like six and three years old. Soon will be seven. So they oh. they are getting along very good, and yeah, they have been with me, long. Yeah,
0: yeah. That's really. I true. had
1: actually one cat before, also. <laughs>
0: I have to show I'll show you my cat later on as well um my cat called Shuri so again I make ridiculously funny videos that no one watches and I'll put like random pictures on on my Instagram as well so I'll show you that later on it's just so funny because I'll say the most random things because my cat is just like one of the funniest things in in my life which is very fun as well um Mm -hmm. but again one last question from me before I let Millie finish off the podcast what's one thing that helps you? relax properly so after competing after traveling after training after doing everything that you do all year round laura what's the one thing that you uh can relax um what's the one thing that you can relax with doing properly as well
1: Hmm.
0: see save the best question until last
1: it's like so tricky i don't know you mean like after the seasons or like yeah, uh so after let's the season say every day... or
0: every day we can do one for each after the season and every day just so we know
1: i would like just sit and coach watch netflix easy <laughs> that's a, one thing um uh, i like to go out like to eat good food like that's also makes me happy and relaxed <laughs> and on the daily like after some well, weekly like hard training sessions i prefer to go bad and put the compression boots and also having massage from massage therapists so that's really relaxing but overall I think after season the best is to go on vacation like when the season ends just take some week off, two maybe it's really nice and relaxing
0: fantastic because when you when you travel as well to different countries to compete do you actually get, get to enjoy the country as well do you get to experience I, I thought so because we, yeah, we to... not at all. Like, yeah. we only see
1: stadium basically and the hotel, and that's all. Like, stadium, hotel, I have traveled so hotel. many countries. I have been in Singapore even and like only seeing the stadium, and uh, yeah, like that's like that's the thing to do after sports, I think, like uh, to catch up with Enjoy everything and else. relax. Yeah, yeah.
0: fantastic. Um, so, yeah, uh, Lies Paldis. I tried to say thank you very much thank you very much um but Millie she has a few questions for you as well they won't be as um they'll be a bit more serious than mine because I wanted to know more about your cat um okay Uh, but thank you for that Laura
2: I'm glad we got to know about both of your cats I enjoyed that (laughs) bit
0: (laughs) we'll invite them on for part two when when we have another podcast in a year's time okay <laughs> yeah the, the, the listeners will be like what's happening it's just our cats that like, going up to the microphone mm-hmm. to the phone <laughs> just just meowing sorry everyone but, but yeah we're talking about cats now um, look, go ahead minnie
2: okay uh so i've got two questions just to finish off with laura mm-hmm. i wanted to know a little bit about latvian food okay. what is if you could recommend a dish to me and hams what would you recommend as like the best Latvian dish,
1: like a Latvian dish. Um, yeah, we have actually a place where to go, and there is Latvian food. It's like Lido. Uh it's like a like a bistro, but uh, I would say it's pot- like boiled potatoes or like uh, pan baked potatoes. Um, uh, I would I would uh, maybe some Latvians will be wrong, but I like my grandma's uh how to say hacked meat cutlet. I know. Cutlets, I know. Uh, is high, it like meat balls? Like yeah, uh, it's like not... a small
0: little savory dish. But
1: they're not so small, but quite normal big. <laughs> what is it? And, is it like meat? Uh, yeah, hacked meat. Uh, okay. Or oh, like wow. uh, no, I prefer more like forest, uh, forest uh, like like a bear fried bear meat. <laughs> but um, and I think the national is also the. A gray, uh, gray, uh, this like a piece, boiler okay. piece with the with the like a bacon, <laughs> like a ham and bacon and fat. Like it's like the national food, what we usually make. Uh, okay. for Christmas, yeah, and uh, also, uh, this stewed, um, uh, uh, uh what's the name, cabbage, cabbage, yeah, yeah.
0: It's really interesting.
1: And actually, I'm living in Estonia and it's also a little different, even if you're like neighbour countries, that they have a little bit different national food than uh, Latvians. Yeah. And I know someone from um, Slovenia.
2: I know a few girls from Slovenia and they have different foods. And even though like Slovenia and Slovakia and then Italy are right next to each other, all of the foods are a little bit different. So it's great that like every country has their own Little, yeah, kind oh, of- and
1: actually, really, really, uh, what's uh, for us is uh, I don't know the English name now, you know, it's not the rice, but it's the brown, brown things. <laughs> uh, uh
0: Beatty, Risotto, no, um,
1: like it's only in the Baltics, basically. It's not the couscous, but it's really similar, and I it's think like faro, faro, maybe. I don't know, it's really like I really. My phone is it... here. I could like Google it and, and yeah, it. it's okay.
0: You can,
1: I can send... you can Google
2: it. It's okay. Mm, we'll, yeah. we'll drop <laughs> it down below in the description
1: down yeah. below as well. There's quinoa,
0: like... there's uh millet, there's short grain rice, there's sorghum, uh, rice cauliflower.
1: Can you write uh, I can tell you okay. We call it gritty. I know you can call like put the gritty with the, like a K and this uh, little dot. How do you spell it? With the G, R, G. I. Yeah. And just put K and E. Maybe then it will show already. E. No. Greek. And K. not a in the A in that, but E. Greek. I then instead of, of e. e.
0: Yeah. I, I instead of E. Okay. Greek e.
1: Yeah. Then it's a no. <laughs> I know no English name of this. Actually, you know, I know this name, but it's for, I forgot it. Like, There's something
2: called what well, I learned in Italy, it's called faro, but in England there isn't. I, think, I think it's, it's called.
1: It. I think I we know. will not have Italian thing. No. Buck, no. It's called buckwheat in English. Buckwheat. Yes. <gasps> oh my God, I know this. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I yeah, bet anyone is... listening back, they thought buckwheat. Buckwheat. <laughs> yeah, please, buckwheat
1: eat, uh, this one with sour cream like yes. next to the meat and next to the salad yeah, it's great
2: for you as well it's so healthy yeah <laughs> and you
0: can eat as much as you want as well which is so nice yeah, well. true. you can have it with like sour cream you can have it with vegetables mm-hmm. as well it's a good alternative and it's very healthy as well um yeah which is very good um yeah really, Buckwheat. We, we have to do mm-hmm. we have to try that next time as well i don't know where we can get so, that
2: maybe that's a long be the time <laughs> but quite <tweet. laughs> that's
0: true it's crazy uh,
2: final question laura it's a little bit more serious this one and it's quite oh, no. it's quite a difficult one to think of mm. i was wondering about the olympics mm. and if there's one thing that you could tell all of our listeners everyday people like me and hams one thing that nobody knows about the Olympics, like something that's kind of secret or behind the scenes, something that goes on and maybe people, general people don't know about it. It could be anything. Like, Um, for example, let me give you an example. You just said that you go from the hotel to the stadium and you don't see any of the country. I didn't know that before. I would never have known.
1: Something like that. The that we in uh, London and Rio had McDonald's. In.
0: <laughs> wow! <laughs> oh wow! I don't know McDonald's if some it. people
1: know that or not, but yeah, we could eat as much we want. <laughs> <laughs> that was good enough for me. <laughs> <laughs> That's great.
0: Because I saw as well recently as well for the Olympics. Um, for some countries they allow their athletes to mingle with other nationalities in the food hall as well, and some countries don't. They want them all sitting next to each other, but I wanted to know if that was true or false. Like, did you get to meet different people from your side and from other countries as well, Laura, or were you like so focused you had to just go in, eat, leave, or did yeah, you? Yeah, meet...
1: we. I think it's more like before competitions, you're so focused to just go, take your food, eat with your team, and go back yeah. room and like this. But after that, of course, everyone is uh, socialized. So- socializing and have like walk around sit in the village and talk If you know like we know a lot other country athletes so we can more hang out there and talk and uh, yeah at first of course that's you have to do work and (laughs) then the fun part
0: definitely as elite athletes should be as well they always have to represent the country represent themselves and then they can have fun as well if it was me it'd be the other way around just have some fun when you're there as well go meet Usain Bolt and Mo Farah and be like mm-hmm. oh my god I've seen you on TV uh, yeah. and you're right actually, next to I me. Saw,
1: yeah I saw him in London so I didn't mention what I, I didn't remember but yes it was actually uh, the Jamaica team was pretty impressive
0: <laughs> yeah incredible team that they had as well which was really really good and um one last thing from me before we wrap up the conversation Laura um first of all I wanted to say let me get the let me get the thing Firstly, I wanted to say thank you very much for your time today. You've been very helpful with explaining. Thank you for having me. <laughs> it's absolutely fine. Um, one thing I wanted to say was, if you are in the, um, if you are, if you do want to have a race against two other people who aren't Olympic level athletes, um, you found two other people. If you wanted to have a race against us as well, so if we can come to Estonia, or if you are ever in the UK again and you wanted to actually have a race against two people who think they may be fast but not as fast as you. Um. do let us know because it would be quite funny to have a conversation with you in person and see how fast we actually are against an Olympic level athlete Laura so do you think we can make that happen soon uh, if you're in the UK or if you're closer in Europe as well
1: yes I think
0: you're just like yeah it'll <laughs> if, be so easy if
1: I'm healthy I don't
0: if you're he- actually you're...
1: I don't like to risk necessary like things like okay. I only focus on my work and to do heptathlon like okay. I If I really think we're like to spend my energy, but we can, if it's fun.
0: (laughs) To make it easier for you, if we come out to your training facility in the future and you can just tell us, you can teach us how to do these events and you watch Mm -hmm. me and Millie race against each other, would that be easier? Just so you don't get injured or you don't get take any risks? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I can definitely teach and give some tips.
0: Fantastic. I'm probably going to be best at the javelin, so not really good at running. (laughs)
2: I was just going to say, you'd just have to walk as well, Laura. We'd still be, <laughs> we'd still be at the ten meter mark. You'd just be walking. So
0: <laughs> we're going to be training so hard for that whenever that happens as well, which will be very good. Um, so how long are you in training in Estonia before um you get to your first events, uh, Laura? Uh,
1: I came to Estonia basically straight after Rio in October and yep. now 2016 october i came to estonia then i needed right. to change the coach and the only possible way was in estonia was closer that's,
0: that must be really good and it must be a really big sacrifice that you're making for your career oh well, so.
1: yeah the at first i was driving with the bus four and four and a half hours one way uh, every weekend and i started to try once per month then i just maybe once in three months only went back home and now i barely go back home (laughs) i have basically moved uh, here for the living and have a boyfriend and life so i just go home to visit my mom and uh, grandparents
0: Hopefully you don't have to take a bus or anything now as well. Because again, no, four hours I, I from sh- Estonia to Latvia, it must be crazy. Yeah.
1: It is like, it's like wasted day. It's like yeah. nine hours wasted in the bus. Sitting as athlete is not healthy. And then after actually slowing bus drives, I got a hamstring injury. Oh, yeah, Then I quit the bus.
0: <laughs> that happened with me once as well. I was on a bus from Malaysia to Singapore and I got cramp on, on the bus. So... And this um, happened at like twelve o'clock at night, so I was really tired, and it just came oh, out of nowhere. So it was nice really to painful. wake up
1: like that. <laughs>
0: yeah, really bad way to wake up as well, which is very, very crazy as well. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to let Millie um say anything she wanted to say before I close off the podcast. I'm gonna try and speak Estonian again, Laura. So um, I'm trying Estonian to get Estonian or Latvian. Uh, I'm gonna try Estonian because I've done Latvian.
1: Okay. So okay. I'm gonna
0: try Estonia as well. But Millie, if you have any closing. Oh, messages... I will understand. <laughs> oh, if you don't understand, that's fine. I'll speak Latvian. I'll um... go back to Latvian, which is fine. Um, go on, Millie.
2: You're fluent in Latvian, right?
0: Yeah. After <laughs> after today, I'll <laughs> be all right. Latvian.
2: Yeah. Um, no, Laura, I just want to say a massive thank you. Like it's been great to meet you, great to speak to you. And just, yeah, I mean, it's insane to think that we're talking to an Olympic athlete at the top of her game consistently at the top of her game as well like you've been there for so not
1: in the past years
2: past years I have struggling with the injuries actually well that's all part of it like like you said before it's sport that's all part of it it and it's it's like it's a massive part of it because it makes you real it makes you a real person as well
0: do you know what I mean so
2: it's it's amazing to listen to your insights and your knowledge and everything and yeah just thank you again for coming on
0: thanks and I'm gonna say uh yeah, okay,
1: yeah yeah it's a have a nice day have a nice Thank day you. <laughs> um,
0: but no Laura if anyone's um inspired by our conversation today and they really enjoyed listening to you where can they find more about yourself Laura and where can they follow your journey um going uh,
1: forward in my Instagram, mostly. I- post there some fun stuff and some serious stuff and some cats
0: <laughs> the, cat, the cats is but, the best uh, thing for me i'm just laughing at that it's very uh, funny i stuff.
1: try i try to share more now about uh, behind i had last some reel about behind the scenes like operation stuff because i yeah. no no not a lot of people like to talk about this that's actually we go through so much things and uh, it's like a weakness when you're injured and having operations but i uh, should talk more about this and more about mental health And but uh yeah it's with the trainings it's really hard to Definitely. have a time for it <laughs> but yeah and i mean facebook i have facebook fan page but uh basically the same thing what's on instagram instagram is the main thing what where i am
0: Fantastic. you can ask me
1: some questions there i always answer people so i'm open
0: <laughs> open-minded don't worry I'll ask you questions about how to keep your cat behaved because mine is not oh. very behaved she hasn't been behaving See, recently
1: I should look uh, my cat know five different uh, things she like give five give kiss can stand and can sit and can jump where I said hops
0: <laughs> My cat <laughs> for the food oh, yeah my only cat goes for food <laughs> yeah. she sits down and she just like lies down or she just runs into the garden so we're just like okay yeah. you can do what you want which is okay um, um but no we'd love to have a conversation with you in the future as well Laura just before your season okay. starts as well so we would love to talk more yeah. about mental health we'd love to talk about your injury but because this was the first time we were speaking we thought we'd have a a fun conversation we got to know each yeah. other properly as well which will be good. And we're still hopefully going to be out there training with you soon, hopefully. We'll, yeah,
1: we'll come to Estonia that. and you can join my trainings. Sadly, you wasn't today for the lecture session. You would yeah. love it. <laughs> uh,
0: my, my lungs wouldn't love it, but I'd, I'd somewhat love it. Everyone listening would be watching as well, which would be very fun. But no, um, thank you very much for your time today, Laura. It's been an absolute pleasure to speak to you. Everyone listening, do give Laura a follow on her social media accounts as well. Do give us a follow if this is your first time listening and have a lovely day and take care. Thank you very much.
1: Okay, thank you very much. Bye.